to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I am joined today for my monthly conversation with a writer for CBR.com and one of the biggest nerds I know, and I mean that with the highest modicum of respect, my mm. friend, Anthony Gramulia. How are you, Anthony? Oh, I'm doing all right today. I can't complain. I had some tea. I played Fire Emblem for 10 hours before realizing that the sun went down. What so kind I'm doing of, okay. What kind of tea was it? Oh, some oolong tea. It's the most Britishy British tea I can think of that does not from Britain. It's like a Twinnings oolong. So it's, you know, stolen. So it's stolen from another country. <laughs> wow. And sold under a British. There's nothing more British than that. That's true, man. <laughs> British imperialism alive and well in 2020. But God, oolong yeah. tea, fire emblem, video games, uh, and just being generally non-productive uh, for mm -hmm. the sake of being a geek. Quality stuff, my friend. Heck yeah, um, it is. So, me and Ant have been getting together once a month for, I don't know, the last three, four months now. And, yeah, a little bit, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think this might be month three. And hmm. uh, the idea is, uh, Anthony being a writer for CBR.com, he quite often touches on Dragon Ball topics. And, you know, when we became friends through the Great Weeb Wars of 2019... Um, we realize that we have a lot of similar opinions and tastes on these types of things. So whenever he writes a cool Dragon Ball article, um, it always sparks an interesting discussion for us. And he had one that sort of touched on one. I, so once we started doing these topics, uh, we started to keep like a short list of ideas of Dragon mm -hmm. Ball topics that we want to uh, dive a little bit deeper into. Uh, if you have any suggestions for those topics, by the way, Mr. or Miss Listener, uh, let us know, um, Dragon Ball, dbsuperdope at gmail.com, uh, dbsuperdope uh, on Instagram, at dbsuperdope1 on Twitter. Let us know your re uh, recommendations for these types of topics. Um, we do have a short list going, and one of them, since the list started, I wanted to talk about the character of Oob. Um, in my opinion, one of the most underutilized characters in Dragon Ball history. And Ant recently wrote an article that outlined a little bit of background information about the Majin transformation itself. Um, mm. You know, so I think the biggest example that you could draw from um, is Majin Vegeta uh, being taken over by Bobbity in uh, the Boo arc. Um, what yeah, made yeah. you write that article in the first place? Uh, pure, pure SEO. Purely, yeah. purely search engine optimization, um, because it was looking at topics I could discuss. I was like, "Oh, that's a popular topic. I'll write about that." And then just kind of saw, "How can I write about it?" Sometimes, sometimes it's a purely cynical reason why you write some stuff, but it leads into some creative, like speculation. And sometimes I'll be like, "Okay, here's a purely driven by what people are interested in, what people are looking at." In this case, the Majin Mark, the Majin Boo, uh, Majin Vegeta, Bobbity Bibbity, Oob. And you just kind of go, okay, so here's a topic a bazillion people have written about so far. How can you make it different? How can you look at it through a different lens? And then you try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, you might get something interesting. But I do feel like there's a lot of stuff I was thinking about and speculating about while writing it that I didn't get a chance to write about. Or hmm. find room to write about, you know, because you got to make sure it's tailor suited that that one topic, that one focus. And with Oob especially, there's so much potential to this character. And it just feels like they never tapped into it. 
even though I feel like it's obvious where they can go with this. Like, there's so many obvious, easy ways you can make this character really, really interesting. And they just never really have yet. I don't know. I find it very disappointing in some respects. Well, from the SEO perspective, I can kind of see it going uh, from two different ways. Like, mm -hmm. people probably have questions around the character of Oob. But I think also mm -hmm. people would probably have questions around the concept of Vegeta being possessed mm -hmm. by Bobbity. Is it Bobbity or Bibbity? It's Bobbity. Bobbity, Bobbity. Yeah. Bibbity's dead, kind of, yeah. quote unquote. Fuck Bibbity. Bobbity's the <laughs> son, and then he's going to give us boo. Bibbity, Bobbity, boo. Mm -hmm. um, I think people probably have a, some misconceptions around the character of Oob, but also around, you know, Vegeta being uh, possessed, overtaken, mm -hmm. or whatever. I think that it's a pretty um, no shit thing. Uh, Vegeta lets himself be possessed by Bobbity in order to access uh, that prior rage that he once felt in his heart when he was, you know, a truly evil Saiyan and before he was pacified by all these earth wenches and children and the like. <laughs> Um, he wanted to be able to access uh, that sort of rage and just like complete disregard for life. Mm -hmm. And he willingly lets himself become possessed in order to throw that caution away. Mm -hmm. So I could understand why maybe a newer fan of Dragon Ball wouldn't understand that if they didn't maybe watch the sub first or read the comics or whatever might have questions. Mm -hmm. But Oob himself, I feel like there's some misconceptions around him as a character, mm -hmm. both how he came into existence um where he is now in dragon ball super um and i would kind of say some of the gt stuff although i think my biggest beef with oob and gt is that he's just not utilized in very interesting ways but mm. before we get there um oob himself uh let's like dispel any kind of uh, misconceptions about him um goku is killing kid boo with the super spirit bomb he um, you know, this is another commonly discussed thing in Dragon Ball history. He's uh, a Super Saiyan when he's pushing it at Kid Buu. Mm -hmm. He's no longer building the spirit bomb. He doesn't need that pure of heart thing. But whatever, he's pushing it at Kid Buu and he makes like the um, declaration, I guess, to himself. Like, oh man, I really hope you would be reborn into <laughs> a good guy. That'd be super dope. So I could like, punch you a lot and fight you and then get punched by you. Be a great time. It would basically Fun. be Goku's favorite thing to do. Oh my god, yes. So he can but, just fight for the fun of it forever. <laughs> and it would be, exactly, it'd be for the fun of it. It wouldn't be like a life and death circumstances. So a common misconception there, I think, is people think that somehow the Dragon Balls are involved. I definitely have been guilty of confusing those things in the past, but mm. Goku basically says it out loud. King Yama hears him, and he's like, all right. <laughs> and he yeah, reincarnates sure Kid Boo into Oob. Uh, one thing I thought was later. one thing I found out that was interesting about while well, researching the one article I was writing, though, there was a lot of misconceptions about the Majin power, sure, but there was also a lot of things that is stated by Kira Toriyama and stated in like interviews and just you know manga notes essentially that make it sound make, that imply that Majin Boo itself himself wasn't created by Bibbity, but was rather like this primordial essence. That existed yeah. since the dawn of time. And that just by that Bibbity's wishes for Boo to be born kind of gave it shape, essentially. So it feels almost like a reoccurrence of that to an extent. That, that, that uh, Goku's wishes for Boo to be, be born and King Emma, Emma kind of just going, oh yeah, sure, why not? 
it almost feels like a kind of a reoccurrence of that same thing that Bibbidi did to an extent. hundred percent. Except yeah, yeah. he's not doing it from the perspective of like evil sorcerer type. He's yeah. uh, Yemma, Enma, whatever we're calling him. He is the guy at the way station. Like he makes those decisions. Um, that's his like his role in the universe. Exactly. <laughs> so, he, he signs the checks. <laughs> he, he does all the paperwork. <laughs> exactly. He's part of the process. He's a cog in the system. Exactly. So Emma brings him back as a good guy. Um, for Dragon Ball Z, you know, it's well um, known. We got the 10-year jump forward in the last couple of episodes of Dragon Ball Z. They meet up at the 25th Tenkaichi Budokai, I want to say. Yeah, I think that was it. 25th, I believe. No, I want to say 25th. I know you're probably right. I want to say GT is the 28th. At the beginning of the Super 17 saga, I'm pretty sure that mm. one's the 28th. I think this the time one's passed. the 25th. Yeah. Either way, doesn't matter. They stopped, because they stopped doing it for a while, and then they started doing it again, and then everyone died, thanks to, <laughs> thanks to Vegeta. <laughs> what a butthole that Vegeta guy is, I swear. So, But then they let him back in, so... <laughs> let him back in the club, no problem. Yeah. He helped save the Earth. <laughs> With Oob coming in at the end of Z... I love those episodes. I haven't watched those episodes in a minute, but I love mm. those episodes and like the excitement because you don't know what to expect. The cast, the characters don't know what to expect, but Goku was like letting people in on the side, like, Hey man, he's going to be here. And then when they finally see Oob as like this scrawny little kid as <laughs> pictured here in this dope ass action figure, <clears throat> he, Everyone kind of like laughs at Goku and they're like, that's the kid. That's the reincarnation of Kid Buu, who's going to be this ultimate warrior, blah, blah, blah. And they have this really fun, excellent fight. I mean, it's base Goku just kind of dicking around with this little kid, Oob, who, if you think about it, actually, um, Oob in that battle is a little reminiscent of what they ultimately did with Broly in the super movie, Dragon Ball Super Broly, in that he very much learns to fight as the fight happens. Um, Oob didn't have a ton of martial arts experience, but he was trained to some extent, but obviously not on the scale of Goku, but mm. he still manages to keep up with the speed. I think is probably most impressive. And mm -hmm. um, eventually they get to the realization. Goku is <clears throat> like, you what? You don't know how to fly. Wow, kid, you don't know shit. All right, let's go. <laughs> Screw this tournament. We have to train you now. <laughs> Basically, and it's a great little moment. It's like it's just purely like just his entire Goku's entire character sums up in a moment. Like, oh, cool, you know, I do this thing. Let me teach you so we can fight some more. <laughs> Essentially, and it just, it's, so, it's just interesting because like it seems so rehearsed and so planned leading up to the fight, and then you realize, you know, that he has no idea what he's really doing. He just knows it. He just knows it's the promise of a good fight and then trains him to be this great fighter. I think what's interesting about Oob too in that fight is even though we know he's got, you know, minimal uh, martial arts experience, he continues to adapt through the fight. And all of a sudden, despite having been outmatched just seconds and moments ago, all of a sudden he's fighting on par with his opponent. And mm -hmm. despite there being um, a disconnect in their abilities, this person is overcoming through raw potential, uh, sometimes emotion, because Goku throws out all those taunts at Oob about his parents being fat ass pieces of ass or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
whatever he uh, gets that power up through, whether it be emotion or just a natural development in martial arts through the fight, who does that sound like? What other character just suddenly gets some massive power-ups despite having suddenly been outmatched just moments prior? You know, it sounds really... When you put it like that, it sounds almost like some other character... I forget his name. Some yeah. The G I think he loves Goku. the color orange and his hair is stupid looking. But yeah, and I, no matter I what color he dyes it. Right? It doesn't count. I don't care what color swap we're talking about. It looks dumb as hell. But I, I, it's that similar kind of personality from like a, a martial arts perspective. But mm-hmm. they couldn't be more different. Like Ub is just so timid and reserved and scared and doesn't want to upset anybody. And Goku is like, I don't give a shit. I'll blow up a, I'll blow up a car with a Kamehameha. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, I'm and just it's trying funny to get be- better at martial arts. <laughs> And it really works as an as a kind of like a like a like a this is how it ends where it begins kind of thing for the whole Dragon Ball story. Like Goku starts off training under Master Roshi to become to you know the fight at the tournament, and he has like this ridiculous fight with his master, which ultimately ends up kind of losing just barely in you know the first uh, World Tournament arc. And it end, the whole series ends, or at least it did until GT, uh, with Goku taking on a student. You know, at this world tournament that meant so much to him in his early years, kind of in that same sort of vein of being taught while fighting as it is in Dragon Ball. Like thematically, the fight with Oob really set, has a lot more going on than I feel people kind of give it credit for. We kind of because it's so far removed from Dragon Ball, we forget the echoes of Dragon Ball in this whole in the whole series at, by the time Z comes around. So this echo from the beginning of Dragon Ball at the end of Z really brings the whole story full circle. More so, I feel, than even how Super ends with, you know, Goku and Vegeta having one last fight. Because that brings us back to the beginning of Z, but it doesn't bring us back to the beginning of the whole story. Very true. And I think we forget often that Dragon Ball, there is no division between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z in the manga. It's all just one giant story. So it really does feel like the end of an era. I think, but that's also my bias on that. I think it's no. I think that that makes that makes a ton of sense. What drives me banana? I mean, you're right. The callback to the beginning of Dragon Ball and how Oob ultimately takes on the student role and Goku takes on that teacher role. It's a beautiful thing to see. What drives me bananas about, I guess, Dragon Ball, but specifically the character of Oob, and it's not Mm. the character's fault. It's it's nobody's fault. Dragon Ball ends. With, mm. all right, Oob, let's go train you. And Dragon Ball GT begins with, okay, Oob, you're all trained. See you later. <laughs> I want to see what happens in those years. Like, I'd like to see that development of a relationship between Goku and Oob. And that's <sighs> one of the things that I'm hopeful we'll see in Super. But his utilization in GT, he starts it off, okay, what you're all trained up. <laughs> exactly. What utilization? He's, 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 he's there at the start. Just to say, okay, this basically this amount of time has passed. You're all trained. That's been a lot of time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then he pops up several other times uh, in GT. I think it's like three or four times just to be one of those characters who like holds off the big bad so Goku can charge up or rest up for a minute until he has like, I guess what uh, a lot of us would consider his uh, his biggest moment in GT is when he eventually fuses with Majin Buu again. Mm-hmm. Um he just has it looks no different. 
it it's the only fusion. It's the only fusion I think in the series up until you know, not counting the Namekian infusions, where the character doesn't physically change at all. Like he doesn't looks, his outfit change though. His outfit changes, but that's not like. I mean, like you look at like the more dramatic changes with even with Superboo in um in the fusion saga and and you know in the in Boo, even when that happens, Superboo's body physically changes with his new clothing. Like his jawline becomes more pronounced, his body becomes proportioned slightly differently, his 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 tentacle thing at the top of his head extends further. You know, there are physical changes. Despite the fact that the costume's the most dramatic change, there are physical changes to, to Superboo's body as well. Whereas with Oob, it just feels like he's just kind of... I don't know. It, just, it never felt very um, visually stimulating mm. when he fused. And I think that represents, to a lesser extent, how little it mattered in the vast scheme of the story. There is no visual sign that Boo mattered or that Oob mattered in all of GT. Like, think about how often they reference Majin Boo in Super versus how much they mentioned him in GT, or how significant Boo is in the vast scheme of the story in both. But like, I would guess, I would say that Majin Boo has been, been a more, I mean, it's also because Dragon Ball Super is twice as long as Dragon Ball GT is, but that's true. But even proportionally, uh, Majin Boo has been a little bit more involved in the story than he ever was in GT, I think. Yeah. And like, like, that's the thing that's interesting. I feel like you look at, you look at Super, right? One of the first things they mention with that, that, that Beerus mentions is, oh, Boo, you know. This guy beat Boo, you know, in, in terms of Goku, you know, Boo steals food from Beerus and that pisses Beerus off. Like in one arc, Boo plays more of a role when he's not even like a central character. He's like a supporting tertiary character. Yeah. In, you know, in the in that whole arc with Beerus. And he's has more of a role in one arc than Oob had in an entire series. And that arc is like know. ten episodes long. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we we do have a much more memorable scene in that respect in the Battle of Gods mm. arc with Majin Buu's interaction with Beerus. The mm. no kitty, this is my pot pie, this is my pudding. <laughs> like yeah. that is something that is going to be burned into Dragon Ball's fans' heads for years and years to come for a few reasons. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's a mm. hilarious scene. It's cool to see who you previously had at the top of the power charts for Dragon Ball. Now go against this new god of destruction and see that face off and see Majin Buu just put to absolute shame. That's mm-hmm. very cool. And then the third part of it is that's some of the that's the first new Dragon Ball that we had, and you know mm-hmm. uh, since two thousand eight, Yo Son Goku and his friends. So first new Dragon Ball in five years total. Uh, first new beginnings of a series since ninety six, ninety seven. So that's like a perfect storm of a moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that equates to a very legitimate part in the story. I think Mm. they've since started to, and I think the moral arc is an excellent example of it. They teased us a little bit with him getting involved with the tournament of power and thinking back, like you can't get boo involved in that kind of circumstance because he would be so OP. The tournament of power would feel like it has no stakes and it already felt like it had no stakes because we've already Mm. seen the end of dragon ball Z. 
Yeah, we know he's going to get through it all right. <laughs> but with, Ub, with Ub and GT, I mean, he essentially has uh, a, a few different... He, he shows up and saves um, Pan from getting killed after he assumes mm-hmm. Goku's dead and fights baby Vegeta. Gets his ass whooped, eventually fuses with Majin Buu, is more powerful so that way he can go back and stall for more time and then gets mm-hmm. his ass whooped again. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is in the because we saw the fusion with Majin Buu, we see him at the beginning of the Super Seventeen arc, dressed as Papaya Man. Stu- oh yeah, it's, it's the Great Saiyan Man. It's 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 Oob's version of the Great Saiyan Man. Let's be real. Yep. Papaya Man enters the Tenkaichi Budokai, I believe it's the twenty eighth tournament, and he yeah. gets to the finals. He has every intention of winning to try to get prize money or whatever, probably for his poor ass village. <laughs> yeah. And he and he has that internal monologue uh, with Majin Buu where he's like, no, Mr. Satan is the Earth's hero. You need to lose, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, those are the most prevalent parts, probably. He also and maybe makes some stuff during Super 17. He makes a suggestion during Omega Shenron. When Goku and Vegeta are getting ready to do a fusion, he's like, yo, that's fusion. Fusion's dope. Hey, Goten, Trunks, and Gohan, any of you guys want to try to do a fusion? And the three of them are like, you can't just do fusion, Oob. God, <laughs> you need to learn it first, dummy. <laughs> I Assume- wish that he did a fusion dance with one of those guys. That would have been dope. I would love that. But it's funny because it's like, you know, they tell that they say that to the fusion, essentially. Like mm-hmm. you know the fuse you you fused person it's like he's already a fusion really I mean I don't know I would have loved to see some really unorthodox fusions that's the thing I think that was one missed opportunity also with GT that when and this is this is kind of going off of like fan art I've seen and fan creations after the fact so this again is in hindsight fans can come up with more creative alternatives to what the canon actually shows sure how cool would it have been if if Majub, as he is in GT, was like a partial mix between Boo and like and like the Majub form, like like with with the holes and with a Majin Boo belt and with like a pink skin, but also like the same. He's got a mohawk, but he's also got a tentacle off the top of his head. That'd be cool. Or some variation thereof. Yeah. How cool would that have been? Like some type of weird hybrid. That would have been really interesting to see visually. Yeah. I mean, I get why they didn't, but it, it yeah, wouldn't feel recognizable. Would have been but it would be ugly. Would have been tough. Oh, it would be disgusting. <laughs> it would been disgusting to look at, but <laughs> it would have been cool so in a weird a, way. It's almost. It's more definitely akin to like the Namekian fusion as opposed to the Metamoran fusion. Outside of the mm-hmm. fact that it's permanent, Metamoran's not. Um, exactly. No physical appearance changes. Minimal changes to his outfit or whatever. And mm. this is where I think GT teased us a little bit i don't know if they did it on purpose or they just like didn't want to continue to go down that road because they didn't care about the character but mm. when you put majin Buu and oob together to make majub he gains the power to be able to transform people into chocolate with a majin beam with his mm. two fingers instead of mm-hmm. out the top of a tentacle it kind of comes into play wherein he is able to bust out of uh, Baby Vegeta after he gets uh, absorbed, eaten, whatever. But that's pretty much it. So they give him the chocolate beam, which, by the way, 
given the color of Oob skin, just going to say it now, maybe it's a little racist, but they don't give maybe. him any of the other magical abilities that Boo has. Mm. And I feel like, again, I'm not sure if it was on purpose or they just didn't care to explore it. Missed opportunity with his, uh, just given like all the mystical back, uh, background that Majin Buu's energy has as like this beginning mm -hmm. evil fucking energy at the beginning of the universe. That's such a rich thing that's ambiguous enough where, especially in a series like Dragon Ball, where they're just famous mm -hmm. for just random power pulls out of their ass, you know? Yeah. Talk about a deep, indiscreet power like that. Oob could be the next Goku in that he just always has an excuse. He's got the kid Boo power from his reincarnation, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, how strange it would be physically to see a human being do some of the cartoon logic that Boo does in, in Dragon Ball. Like when Boo like rips a piece of his stomach out and just throws it like a weapon, like imagine if like Oob just ripped a piece of his flesh off and made a weapon out of it. So I don't necessarily think that it needs to be the same kind of power, but the idea mm -hmm. that Kid Boo has that power, why don't we try to figure out a way for Oob to have, you know, not quite the same thing, but powers on a different kind of level. Like at the beginning yeah. of Dragon Ball Super, they make the very active effort to, you know, reset the power scaling by introducing the battle, uh, the gods of destruction and the angels. Mm -hmm. And I think with the Moro arc more recently, them introducing characters who've got magical abilities, it's another attempt at that. Like we've mm. already reached such, you know, incalculable heights. We need to yeah. introduce a new element. Bounce wouldn't it out. Oob, wouldn't Oob be like prime time for that? I I think. Well, that's interesting. Interesting thing about like the the Majin power in general. It doesn't seem to follow the same logic that Key and other forms of energy follow. It is its own mystical energy that doesn't really equate perfectly to what the main characters have accumulated. I think it's one of the big missing elements of Oob in GT. But I hope that when they bring Oob into Super, if they do that they'll kind of rectify it because magic is so unusual because magic is so different from the typical concussive force that we see with the, the Saiyans and the Namekians that, um, well, at least some of the Namekians, obviously they make huh. dragon balls. So there's some magic there too. Yeah. But it's an interesting set of abilities that doesn't get explored very often, uh, in dragon ball at all. It's very much science fantasy. But over time, the science, I want to say science because that doesn't make sense. It's not really scientifically. He makes no scientific sense whatsoever. <laughs> but um, they kind of made it out to be this logical consistency. And I feel that lack of imagination takes its, is most obvious in GT. Because they, they aren't really thinking imagine, imaginatively with what they have already. They kind of focus, the problem with GT is they realized that they were trying to fit into what Dragon Ball did previously without really expanding on what they have and building upon that. So it feels very repetitious at times. Early GT is reminiscent of early Dragon Ball, and later GT tries to recapture Z, but it never tries to be its own thing. It never really evolves. And the problem with that, I think, is that Oob represents the next step. Oob really is continuing where Z left off, whatever they would have, if Akira Toriyama made a fourth arc, or well, not fourth, because technically the Boo is the fourth arc with Saiyan yeah, Cell yeah. and Frieza, yeah, yeah. but let's say a fifth arc, 
whatever he would have done with Oob, GT didn't do it. He would have 100% had some, no. They yeah. didn't know what to do with him, so they let him fall into like a more typical anime shonen character role of it's that next powerful guy. It's like, oh no, the next hope is this guy. Although we know that the protagonist is going to overcome and come back and win everything. And this guy's just buying us a few minutes in order for that yeah. person to come back. That's the he role. Became, he almost takes on a Vegeta role. I was going to compare him to Worf from Star Trek, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who gets beaten up to make it look like he's the guy's a serious threat. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about that in one of our discussions a few months back. Warfing, right? Is that what we're yeah. calling it? I think so, yeah. No, it is basically warfing because it's like he doesn't do anything really on his own despite having time to, you know? He has this great big new power-up. He gets beaten up. Yeah, at, it, best, it, it, at best he just buys a little bit of time. Yeah, for the for the, for the the real heroes to shine. And that always struck me as very off-putting. Well, what drives me nuts no. about GT is that he is like supposed to be somebody who Goku just spent the last 10 years or whatever training, but... He's so frequently lumped in with Gohan, Goten, and Trunks, who, by all accounts in this narrative, uh, have been just lazy slackers who were like very happy with the peace of the world. Like, way to denigrate what the dude's accomplished and worked toward over the last ten years. <laughs> exactly. Like, it just strikes me as with very... these degenerates. Yeah, and and not to mention that with um, that in general, like, it, it feels like Oob just kind of gets looped. Yeah, it feels like Oob just becomes like another Goten. You know, yeah. he just kind of shows up. He set, makes a few. Oh look, Goku's lines. black kids here. Gosh, terrible. <laughs> Basically, and what sucks is there's so much potential they could do with Oob in Super. Now that they've, I feel like Super did a really good job at bringing back characters who didn't get enough play at, in in the Boo arc or later on in GT. I feel like they did a lot of good stuff with Piccolo in Super, especially compared to how they treat him in GT. Yeah, I feel that um, Bulma gets a lot more play in Super than GT. I feel that um, obviously Gohan has does has some good moments in Super, but he had some good moments in Boo also. I honestly almost, think Gohan in GT isn't a bad character. I mean, he's got he's not very bad. few moments, but the moments he's get he does get are really cool. <laughs> I think his highlight is when he faces off against uh, oh, what's the metal guy? Brildo. Yeah. 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 When he comes back from hell and he has a little like brief fight. Oh, and he gets his arm fucking half metal. Metalized. Yeah. yeah that's my a cool favorite scene. my favorite Gohan GT moment is like right after he gets taken over by baby and Piccolo shows up to try to stop him and he fucking murders Piccolo in cold blood with that Kamehameha and that crater with the X across it. It's yeah. like thinking about it now still gives me goosebumps. That's a yeah. cool moment. <laughs> it's chilling. It's a good scene. It's also scene. evil Gohan, so I don't know if it counts, but I mean, it's, it's so baby. Cool to think about. It's, it's baby, so I mean, mm. is it really Gohan? Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> kind of counts. It's one it of the most counts. badass things I've seen Gohan do since that time he killed Cell, so. Basically. I'll take it. And I mean, I, like, I even like Goofy Gohan as like in, in, in high school being his like dork ass self. It's fun. But I love great saying, man. No, it's fun, but it's not the same as like really seeing him take charge in the core narrative of that arc and make it and contribute to the whole story. I feel he does that in Super. I feel like he did that to an extent in Boo, but GT just kind of dropped the ball with everyone. I think to an extent, to an extent, I think everybody except Goku, basically. Basically, Goku's the whole basically. thing. 
And I feel like if Super continues past the point where Z left off, they have a really good chance to play with two characters I feel like were really underutilized. Pan and um and uh Oob. My ears fell out. <laughs> my, ear, my earbuds <laughs> fell out. I'm not sure if you don't see it on video. You good recovery, that, but... man. Good recovery. Yeah. I'll just um, slow my voice down and hope it all works out for the best. So we're fast approaching. Uh we've already been introduced to Pan in the anime and the manga. Mm-hmm. Um Oob has been referenced two different times. And uh, I think that there's no reason to reference him two different times unless they're going to get us ready to, Mm. you know, introduce him as a real character in this story now. Unless they're just trying to be assholes, which I guess is totally a possibility as well. But they reference him one time leading up to the U6, U7 tournament and how Mm -hmm. I believe it's he's just recently born. So he's like a baby, the reincarnation of Kid Buu as a, a new kid. As I think it's uh, Kaioshin tells Goku, mm-hmm. but it gives him the news. But he's, you know, still just a little baby, can't do much. And then in the recruitment arc, we'll call it, for the Tournament of Power, Goku's running around uh, getting all his best buds and former enemies to help him whoop some ass on a universal scale. He is told by Dende that there is a young boy with some immense power in a village who is the reincarnation of Majin Buu. Uh, he's not ready to fight now, but Dende paves the way to say, hey, Goku, when the time is right, it's not now, but when the time is right, you're, you should consider training this kid and, and you should you know help him harness his power. Goku's like, me? Nah, I'm a bum. That's not a good thing for me to do. And Dende's like, nah, you should, you should think about that. And Goku said, mm. okay. And that's the end of it. But now that they've given us that very solid, very specifically, very intentionally, their exchange, they got to be getting us ready to bring him in, right? There has to be something going on with that. Like, they, they, like they're clearly, you can't keep building between the end of the, like, the fight with Boo and the end of the series forever. There has, there has to be a point where you continue past. Especially because... Super does a great job at, at filling in the blanks, but it doesn't do a great job at continuing past with territory we don't really know. It doesn't, you can't build forever in a finite space. Yeah. I mean, they're no. running out of space. <laughs> they need to move beyond it. And I hope that they're kind of priming us in order to do that. But that last reference of that last reference for Oob was just before Tournament of Power. Um, I don't remember which chapter specifically that would have been, but it would have been probably in the 30s or 40s, probably mm-hmm. late 30s, early 40s in terms of what chapter that would. Shit, if it's the recruitment arc, let's be real. Uh, it's probably in the early 30s. It's probably chapter 30, 31. Mm. So he's been now and now we're in. I say that because we just had chapter 63 come out a couple of days ago. Um. The series length of the series has since doubled. Still no oop. But in the interim, we have this new arc with Moro. And we're not going to talk about the Moro arc really outside of the fact uh outside of the fact that it's a arc that is very dependent on magic and just kind mm. of inexplainable things. And you're just supposed to, you know, suspend disbelief and say, yeah, this character's got some crazy magic powers and that's why our characters or our heroes are getting their asses whooped. And while it's been um, a fun 
sometimes frustrating read over the last six, seven months. I think that, and and because Majin Buu himself too and the Dai Kaioshin have become uh, pivotal parts in the early part of this arc, magic is becoming a much more common thing, I think, as mm-hmm. a way to be able to reset the power scaling a little bit. Mm-hmm. That said, does that pave the way for a, a magic-based character? You know, a character whose origins are based in magic, not his powers or whatever, but maybe they could in the future. Mm-hmm. With all this magic introduced, are they paving the way for Oob to come in? I feel like not only are they, but they're going to have to because they know where it, it follows. And you have to have a sense of, okay, how is magic different from the typical fighting style that Goku incorporates? And I feel like what's going to be interesting is seeing if they continue with Super past Z and they bring in Goku's training with Oob, how they're going to mix Goku's techniques with Kid Buu's lineage in terms of power. You know, how, how, are they, how is Goku going to train Oob to mix the two together? And that would be really interesting to, th- interesting to see. Um, especially if they go forward with any type of a new adversary in the coming you know, years of creation. What they could do well, with that. I, I think it's interesting about Boo, or excuse me, with, with uh, Oob and then Majub, is he's the reincarnation of Kid Boo, but he's just a human and at that Mm -hmm. point krillin is no longer the strongest human on earth or whatever um yeah oob is but it's because oob comes from the unfair advantage of being birthed out of basically or reborn out of or re-wished out of this super powerful mystical magic energy and when we see him in gt we just experience him as like a super really strong human and they never really lean into that magical kind of um, ambiguity of it, um, mm-hmm. ambiguity of it. So yeah. what I'd like to see them do, if and when, I think it's a it's a question of of, of when, not if they bring them into mm-hmm. super. I would like them to be able to give him more value um, mm-hmm. to the Z. What do they call them? The Dragon Warriors. That's the proper Something term like that at this point. I was just calling them the Z fighters, but now I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. No, bro, you can't call them that. The Kanzenshu forms no. will come for you, man. So no, oh, I made the a mistake dragon, once or twice. The Dragon Warriors, Anthony. God damn it! <sighs> Although but isn't I don't know, the, I isn't, it, isn't Dragon Warriors name of another Akira Toriyama related franchise? You're thinking a Dragon Quest, I believe. Uh, there we go. Dragon just Quest. The character design which was called Dragon Warriors, I think, at one point. Wasn't that called Dragon Warriors in some I don't know. Maybe they did like a, a second or third version of the game or like a, a sequel to the game maybe is called Dragon Warriors. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like one of the localized versions was like, because dumb Americans can't know what Dragon Quest is. You have to have warriors in the title. <clears throat> true i don't know what i'm talking about i think i might i think i think that's why i remember right unless you're thinking of the unless you're thinking of the nes dragon ball game that was localized from famicom to the nes and I also they, like, think changed enough. out some of the skins i believe that one might have been called dragon warrior yeah actually i'm, I'm gonna look this up warrior or some shit i'm gonna look typical talking to you actually okay right. so dragon this warrior is, is dragon quest okay the first Dragon Quest was retitled as Dragon Warrior uh, when it was localized. I just looked it up to make sure I wasn't going crazy. The one you're talking about, localized Dragon Ball 
NES game was called uh, Dragon Power. Dragon Power! <laughs> Hell yeah. It's just such a great... That's, that's lovely. It's like, so original. Like, oh yeah, Dragon Power. Yeah. Can't call them Dragon hey, Balls, because, you know... <laughs> nah, Dragon Power. Make it more like a general karate thing. Yeah, yeah the exactly. Dragon Power! And what? those like and those like um, cover arts too for Dragon Power. It looks nothing like if you know it's a Dragon Ball game. It looks so much like a weird Bruce Lee movie. Yeah, right. Power, Instead of like you power, know what it is. Power. Dude, the Dragon Power song is gonna be stuck in my head now for the next week, and I can't think of which Dragon Ball Z movie it's from. Oh God, I'm gonna cheat. Dragon Power. Is it the first Broly movie? No. Is it the second Broly movie? Power, power, uh, power. Might be, bro- might be. No, it's, it's, um. Oh, God, it's that one. Okay, you ready for this? Is it Bio Broly? Might be Bio Broly. Is that the best? That's the best thing to come out of Bio Broly, is that it's song. The, it's the only thing I think that's worth coming from that movie, if that I'm song not mistaken. Rules. Nice little guitar solo on that song, too, just saying. I'd cut it in, except I'd get, uh, a copyright striker, whatever, yeah. <laughs> Fucking YouTube. Ugh. Toei. Double ugh. All right. Uh, so we've gone a little bit off on a tangent, but I think it was a very valid one because we've got some legitimate grips with how they've treated Oob. I would mm-hmm. like for Magic to become, as a way to, you know, again, re- help reset some of the power scaling. I think what Super needs to do when it does come back as an an I mean, it's, I say this, knowing full well that it's an ongoing (laughs) monthly comic but Mm. what i think they're going to try to do to set up the long-term uh storytelling possibilities Mm -hmm. is get away from the goku and vegeta show exclusively and Mm -hmm. try to put in a cast of characters around them that are on par with them even still Mm -hmm. i think broly is a good example of a character who fits in nicely with that description i think oob could be one of those as well. I think Goten and Trunks, if they were to age them up and make them a little more serious uh, before they turn into lazy 16-year-old losers who like girls, you could have a stretch of time where they're fun characters to have instead of Mm -hmm. them just being eternally sidelined. There's a lot of things that they could do to help expand the cast. And I think Oob would be an awesome opportunity to do that with the Ability to explain away how much ridiculous magic he's got and why he can be mm-hmm. on a team with these Super Saiyan gods as he's got the reincarnated power of Majin Buu. What more do you need? You don't. And I think I also think another element, too, that's really interesting about Oob is it adds a, a very, a, I don't want to sound like a complete social justice warrior about this or anything like that, but it does you, add. SJW, a, soy boy, cuck, oh, how dare those, you? Those libtar. It, it adds a really interesting darker skinned character. Mm-hmm. to the cast and it first off it makes the cast more diverse which is there's no downside to that because it's a show with aliens and like tons of you know all the aliens are just white dudes except piccolo who is a green dude and very much an <laughs> allegory for a black guy yeah but it's interesting because also you know you look at the international appeal of dragon ball dragon ball is really popular all over the world so i feel like they could do a little it could be a small step in making the cast more appealing to a to an audience all over the world. Because I mean, it, already, it already appeals to everyone. So 
why not do a little bit more, you know? I mean, you think about it too. I mean, uh, Oob, is he of Middle Eastern Indian descent somewhere in that part was, of the world? I always imagined Indian uh, like, or like, like Indian inspired. I always imagined that's, that's how I always thought. But I mean, again, it, it is Akira Toriyama's world of puns and, you know, everyone's name isn't based on ethnicity, but rather based on whatever pun you thought of that week. So yeah, it's just based <laughs> off of the, you are a reincarnated version of this old character. So obviously your name is going to be the old character's name, but backwards. Mm. And that was before, yeah. you know, it became canon that furries existed canonically in the Dragon Ball universe. Ugh, don't remind me, man. <laughs> and then they just oh, disappeared Kakarot. one day. It's like the it's like the furry uh, apocalypse happened one day. They just all started not showing up anymore. But they're like, oh yeah, no, no, we we went through a procedure to make ourselves into furries. <laughs> man, that's the supposed. I, I'm I'm glad Kakarot isn't canon, but like there are some there are some gems gems from that game. There were so many people who tried to like frame Kakara as like a canon story because Toriyama was helping write the script for a lot of things. Mm. And I was like, fuck you. It's not the comic book. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Stop it. This some, game is I, dumb. And I had some fun writing stuff about it too when it came out. Like they gave me like the nice little, because, you know, because uh, Konami, was it Konami? Band, uh, Namco yeah, Bandai. you got a you got a screener version or a, a screener. screener. Version, yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was a it was a fun it was fun to play. But like you know, when after you finish playing it, you put the control down, you finish writing your immediate response. You think about like what sticks with you about that game and like what elements they tried to add to it, and you're like, you know, female Ginyu Force member. That that's cool. I like that. That's cool. Adding an explanation for why they're furry people in Dragon Ball. That. Maybe not I'm that so, didn't work I'm out so totally well. I'm totally fine with all that extra stuff, whether it be Banyu or like that furry description. My thing with that game was there was a lot of what I'll call low quality playtime. Just flying oh, around, collecting yeah. coins, flying through hoops, looking for like super time tunnels or whatever to collect a bunch of shit so you could get the resources to get strong enough to fight the next big boss battle. But in the meantime, you're getting stopped by Cybermen and fucking Red Ribbon uh, mm. pirate fucking aquatic assholes. I actually have one yeah. over there hanging out with Godzilla. You're getting stopped <laughs> by those every 10 feet. Like the quality playtime mm. in that game. It was repetitive. It, it, it was so frustrating. Like yeah. I just wanted to get from point A to point B without having to stop and have ten different fights on the way. That's not very no. Common. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like when playing it, like my first the first half of my playing experience was so much fun, until you realize that the game is just the same. Like every right. fight is the same, like with the exception of the boss fights, which were pretty fun. You know. Everything felt very samey. And it was funny because at first I was thinking, this is just Dragon Ball Budokai 3, but with more in it. But then you realize, no, it's actually with less in it. Hmm. Because you're really getting more of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And it it's, doesn't feel as It's rewarding. more open world, but somehow that more open world gives you less. Like, that was one of yeah. the... I remember that part. I haven't played the Budokai games in a fucking minute, but yeah. I remember that part of it. I think it's called... 
uh, I want to say it's called Dragon Worlds mode. A lot of dragon nouns today, I've noticed. Where you're, you're <laughs> I mean, in a, in, a, in, a, in a podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope about a show called Dragon Ball, who'd have guessed? But I think it's mm. the Budokai games that have a mode called Dragon World where you're essentially just flying from battle to battle. And mm-hmm. you're flying around to pick up different items or skills or whatever. But it's essentially you, you have an open world kind of format between battles. Exactly. That Kakarot game gave me a lot of vibes of that, but the encounter rate just made it was just it too much it, the same. Like the flying mechanics itself, once you get comfortable with it, I actually enjoy flying around in it. Mm-hmm. But just bumping into people all the time was fucking annoying. So yeah. Kakarot, that just got us off on a fucking wild tangent. What are <laughs> also wasted Ub? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> also, was Ub even in the game? Oh, I don't remember. I'm sure he was, but I have I don't no know. memory of I, it. I got through the Saiyan Saga stuff and was getting ready to go to Namek before I just gave up. But I know that they've since done Battle of Gods content. I yeah, they added a lot. they're going to do Fukatsu No F content. So I, they Ub must have been in there, I hope. I want to say that he's in it, but I have no real memory whatsoever of it. Right. <laughs> Isn't that telling, though? Like, I have very little memory of most of that game that didn't just, you know. And I reviewed it. I wrote articles about it. I wrote multiple articles about it. Did you play the entire game? You beat the whole game? Yeah, yeah, from start to finish. But I just haven't. Well, I mean, I didn't complete it. I finished it. Yeah, you didn't 100% it, but you went through the entire story mode. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I I didn't feel comfortable reviewing it without having, without playing as much of it as possible. Which I ultimately led me to doing a lot of the same thing 15,000 times. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Even my review, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, if you're just playing it casually, you're going to love it. If you're going to complete yeah. it, even for a bad time. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to speed through this game to see all the content, be prepared to do a lot of grindy kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, just, um, it's sad because it's, it felt like the, I don't know, that game could have been shorter. That's a good game, example of if you made the game shorter, I would have spent more time playing it. Yeah. The irony of that situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, when so much of the game is based off of you need to keep grinding, grinding, grinding until you get through the next boss stage. And then you've got like eight to ten fucking boss stages. By the time you get to the eighth boss stage, you're like, I can't believe I'm fighting these Cybermen fucks mm. again. <laughs> I, For the I one being, millionth time. <laughs> and when I first played it, there were a lot of glitches in the game that hadn't been patched in yet. So, like, at one point, my radar just stopped working. <laughs> I couldn't know, I know where the next... Like, I had gone to get, like, a little collectible, and then I realized my radar just didn't function. This is, like, during the Saiyan arc. So I had to go find Vegeta and, Na- and uh, Nappa, like, by that eye. That happened by to eye. me, too. Oh, that I... wasn't a glitch, was it? No. It was actually it, a feature. <laughs> it was... It, no, no, no. It was something I, like, looked into it myself. I remember specifically that part. Because mm-hmm. there was like a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a sub quest. It's there's some mm-hmm. kind of sub quest. And like they give you the opportunity to, to continue to fly around and continue to grind for XP to make the fight easier. But like if you click on a sub quest and then you're like, eh, not really worth my time or whatever. I just want to go fight Vegeta and Nappa. You can't, f- they don't show up on your map anymore. So you're just looking around for them with mm-hmm. literally your naked eye. <laughs> It's, I assume it was like a, like a that, pre-patch like issue. That. I assume that was that. just like a pre-patch glitch, but that's like, oh, that was that was so annoying. I'm, I was, was just like, 
And I'm like, it, it's needlessly complicated. Like it's 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 not something that really should. Like don't get me wrong, I, I get like some things. Oh, I I could figure it out. I could I can look for that. But when the world's so big and everything is so tiny, you pass by your your target without like a radar system so many times. Uh huh. Yeah, and especially just, like, being it, it able adds... to go up so high in that world too, which is one of the things I love about it is actually the flying mm-hmm. system. But there oh, is yeah. a lot that you could potentially miss. Yeah, and you're having so much fun flying. You're like, oh, where, where, where am I going to try to go? I need like a directional system to help me out with this because you just miss stuff. And that's, I think, a big problem with that game. There's so much to do, but it's all the same thing. <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Ugh. Well, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, I think that's all a long way for me personally to say, you can suck my dick <laughs> with hopes and expectations for Oob. Uh, coming mm. into super what is on your brain uh rap- we're moving toward the end of the discussion here we thank you guys for checking this out um but yeah before we kind of move through to the call to action piece of the podcast where i mm-hmm. berate people with uh, things to go do for me what mm. are you hoping for uh for oob in the future i hope they give him an arc you know that's all i really hope for at this point i hope he has a good arc where he comes to understand his abilities maybe has some like weird existential dread about like who he was versus who he is. Maybe build upon a relationship with him and Majin Buu that didn't really exist in GT at all. Mm. Cause he, you know, he, while the rest of the cast is kind of okay with Buu at this point, this isn't really the Buu that helped them out. This is a reincarnation of the guy who blew up the planet earth. <laughs> so True. that's got to have some weird, like, okay, I mean, I'm sure this guy's cool, but like, is he cool though? Like, yeah, if he's the same evil energy. Is he really good, or is he, you know, like that kind of doubt? I mean, we, we know. know that badness that he's born out of. What's the possibility of him potentially turning? Exactly, some existential confusion. I'd like to see that, like uncertainty, even if it's just for like a couple, like a little bit, like an initial discomfort. I also want to see if they can blend the magic with the key. I want to see if they can really give Oob some unique abilities that are distinct from everything else that anyone else has so far, even Boo, and see if they can really play with that in some exciting and distinct ways. Because we've seen enough of, like, Saiyans and Saiyan power-ups. I'd like to see some strange transformations that are just unlike anything else. Yeah, and it's kind of like something that we touched on earlier in the discussion. I don't necessarily need to see it in terms of a transformation, but um you know kid boo's ability to use magic uh regenerate uh turn people to chocolate like what does, stretching yeah like what do those powers and abilities look like uh born out of that magic and that kind of power what does that look like in a human body uh he's obviously not going to be stretching his limbs and ripping out parts of his stomach and regenerating it but that uh raw power exa- or he was born out of that raw kind of magic and power or whatever Mm-hmm. How, what's the marriage or what's the, the unification of him as a martial artist and those magic powers coming together? Um, very interested in seeing that. But I think, and this kind of flies in the face of what uh, what we talked about tonight a, a ton uh, and getting Oob more of his own screen time, but mm-hmm. I kind of selfishly want Oob to come in a little bit because I need to see Goku go into a different part of his life. Mm-hmm. I need to see Goku move into that mentor kind of role. 
I've seen Vegeta do it with Kava in Dragon Ball Super a couple of times, and it's always cool when he falls into that little role. Goku has mm-hmm. already openly said he's very apprehensive about it, but we ultimately know it's a role that he takes to, like a, a duck taking to water. I need to see it happen. One thing that always kind of drove me bananas as a kid, and even now as an adult, we get to the end of Dragon Ball Z. He meets Uba at the tournament. And he's like, wow, kid, you're strong, but you can't fly, huh? Mm. Let's go. I'm going to go off and train you. And he just takes off for like 10 years and just goes and trains this kid and doesn't let go visit his family at all. No, it's it's, it's bizarre. I want to see how they do that. And plus, I also want to see... Plus, I think one thing also with Goku is that in the, during the Cell Saga, he, he helps train Gohan and then kind of sort of does a good job. I'm not sure because Gohan's definitely stronger for it, but he almost puts Gohan at like risk of dying. I wonder if like going off what you're piggybacking off what you just said, if when they show Oob and Gohan, Goku training, they can show Goku learning from his mistakes when training Gohan and be like, okay. Kind of pushed my son yeah. to go into a death match with a giant bio android. What I do wrong then? You know, him being self-reflective on his own failures, if that's, that's possible for Goku. <laughs> no, that's I mean, that's how he is as a martial artist. I mean, that's why he's very much of the um I mean, he says it several times throughout all of Dragon Ball, but he's like, You can't use the same trick on me twice, motherfucker. I see mm-hmm. it once and I learn from my mistakes. I believe that he would probably be that way in a mentorship role as well. Um I don't know. I just want Oob to come in so we can move into a different time period in Dragon Ball. Trunks and Gohan are, or excuse me, Trunks and Goten are still the same friggin' age, even though, you know, but three, four years have passed in Dragon Ball Super, they still appear as a seven or eight year old when they should be 11 or 12. We know Oob is existing in the world. When do we finally get to meet him? When we do, do, are we going to ever get a time skip again? We are, are so in desperate need of a time skip for this series. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to happen, and Oob would be the absolute perfect excuse to do it. Um, whether or not, I, I mean, obviously, I hope that they execute with the character and, and make him an integral part of things and somebody who's not just um, a plot device to buy Goku five extra minutes to charge up his final attack, but actually somebody who's in the, the fold as like an actual... Um, defender of the earth because that's his he's supposed to be the successor to goku and he's got every reason to think he will be because of the magic that he's born from or reincarnated Mm. from um to get him involved in the dragon warrior team Mm. it makes all the sense in the world and it's pissing me off Mm. that they're dragging their feet on getting him involved and they keep this is them with me and my balls they're like huh we mentioned him Get excited and then nothing for 30 chapters. Like all foreplay. No. Yeah. Like foreplay. No engagement. And then they twist it. It hurts. It hurts so badly. Um, all right. So that's gonna do it for super dope this week. Me and Aunt are trying to do these conversations once a month. Dragon Ball specific, in-depth kind of topic. We've got a short list of topics going, but We are very much looking for some suggestions as well. So make sure you shoot me an email, uh, dbsuperdope at gmail.com, Twitter at dbsuperdope1, Instagram at dbsuperdope. And uh, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter at uh, agramulia. So that's A-G-R-A-M-U-G-L-I-A at Twitter. 
It's, it sounds like Gramuglia, but the G is oh, silent. You should hear the telemarketers try pronouncing my name. It's it's actually horrendous. <laughs> oh, I know it, baby. We talk about it all the time. Gramuglia. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I've heard some strange ones. I heard one the other day call me Grumage. Just Grumage. I think they. I think the LIA part was cut off. <laughs> it sounds, I was going to say, it sounds like they got halfway through your name and just gave up. And just, yeah, they stopped. Like, oh, Grumage. I'm not going to say the rest of that shit. You right. kidding? <laughs> Agramulia um, on Twitter. Also, uh, CBR, I, I write there. I write for uh, sites like uh, The Anime Herald, um, Anime Feminist. Uh, I've had some pieces published in the Mary Sue and Screen Rant. Uh, I have a, I just worked on a, um, a horror anthology. Um, we are horror. The first issue, which is out. Um, you can look for that probably somewhere on the internet. Um, some cool stuff here and there. Uh, and hopefully more stuff in the future. That would be cool to read. Very cool, man. And the article that we mentioned today that you can find on CBR, I will put a link in the show notes. It is called Dragon Ball, The Majin Marks Power, Effects, and Secrets. Explained. Because, you know, oh, yeah. you have to SEO, the, yeah. baby. Got to get the SEO in there. You got to get the SEO in. Oh, <laughs> and chances so are, from and, and judging by the, that article's metrics, there's a chance you've read it already. <laughs> if you haven't, show notes has a link for you. Make sure that you mm. go check it out. If you do not subscribe to us on YouTube, make sure you go do that uh, because we typically try to do these conversations live once a month. This month has been an exception due to some technical difficulties on my end, but you can go check out our YouTube at youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Get an uncut version of this podcast, this discussion at patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. And that's the show. That's all of it. So, uh, Oob, Majub, I cannot wait for Yub to show up. Mm, you tried. You tried. <laughs> I called him Yub. <laughs> Yub. Oh, and by the way, if you don't give us suggestions for next time I show up, you'll have to listen to me talk about Bulma for an hour and a half. And trust me, me and Aunt are two libtard soy boy cucks who will SJW the shit out of a strong, independent woman like Bulma. Okay? Don't make us do it, uh, but we will. I mean, I just think she's hot, but that's cool, too. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's terrible. It's, Not only she's a great she character. Hot, but she's also the most brilliant scientist on God's green earth and the richest woman of all time. She might be the most useful character. Most practical, powerful, always effective, always the best character in any arc. She's in, period. And I'd have a better way of phrasing that, but I'm just tired. And Words I'm are gonna... tough, dude. Words are very tough. <laughs> Words I mean, are not when easy. You, when you look at it, Vegeta won in the game of life. Yeah, okay. he really beat Goku in that sense. For <laughs> sure. against Chi-Chi, but like, I mean, Bulma. Uh, yeah, she's not Bulma. Uh, all right, so Majub, we'll see you soon because you got to come to Dragon Ball Super and move this story along. So with that, I'll say... Please come to Dragon Ball Super. That kind of worked, but maybe not as well as I'd hoped it would. Yeah, maybe. Woo.